Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. I have some things to talk about first. A few things that happened this throughout the week. Yes, there are many things. <laughs> I mean, with me. I mean, with me. Oh, I have a life, okay. too, outside okay. of just the news. Oh. Things happen well, to right. things happen to me personally. This week in Cade Bevington news. You know how like Memorial Day weekend is always that first really big violent weekend, like uh like holiday weekends, um, Fourth of July stuff like that is huh. always really violent in those big cities. Okay. Like more people get shot in Chicago on Fourth of July time. Yeah. Well, Memorial Day weekend is always that first big one. Like fifty one people were shot in Chicago over the weekend. Okay. <laughs> Nine died. Well, we had a weekend kind of like that here, but with groundhogs. Ooh. I don't know if it's some kind of weird mating season for groundhogs right now <laughs> that just makes them walk out into the middle of the yard and stand up on their hind legs and basically just say, hey, I'm right here. Shoot me. So I did. I one time had a dream that there was a groundhog under my bed and it attacked me. Well, not, not here. I shot them all. I think I might have Thank shot you. all of them. It was a ma- it was a massacre. I shot four groundhogs and a muskrat that was mistaken as a small groundhog. I don't know, yeah, if I would know recognize. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I didn't mistake it. I knew oh. what it was. But the girls were playing outside, and it was like up in the yard, oh. kind of acting mm-hmm. weird in the middle of the day. And they're supposed to be nocturnal, and it was swaying back and forth real weird. Yeah, so rabies. they went inside for dinner. <laughs> And I went up in the window in the weight room and I shot it. Right. I shot nice. that because I think it was sick. I shot the yeah. groundhogs out of spite. Right. Yeah, they caused some problems back there. And I'm proud of that. And speaking, speaking of being proud. <laughs> speaking of being proud. Well, last night we kicked off Pride Month by... So we're recording this on Thursday, June 2nd. On the first day of Pride Month, as they so call it, the Daily Wire released a new documentary and kind of as a joke on them waiting to release it on June 1st. And in this documentary, Matt Walsh uh, was the main creator brainchild behind it. And he went around. um, It it was titled What is a Woman? And he went all over. He talked to therapists, gender-affirming therapists, and non, I guess, uh, doctors, surgeons, people who perform gender transition surgeries. He went across the globe to speak with people from different cultures. He spoke with people on the street, Congress people, people who had been through gender transition, all kinds of people, just seeking, professors of gender studies, just seeking an answer to the question, what is a woman? And no one could tell him. It, it is started out the perfect documentary. It's perfect. Oh, he is amazing. It that the, he could. They said um, beforehand, never play poker with him. I believe that because oh, yeah, yeah. He just deadpan asked these questions to these people in a way that made them. I think the whole time, some of them maybe believed that he was legitimately curious, right, and wanted to know. And then some of them may have been leery the whole time, but none of them, right out of the get go, were like, "This is a setup." So I yeah. was very impressed with that. But also, nobody other than Matt Walsh could have done that. Yeah. I, I, I aspire to be as unapologetically myself as he is himself. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, he, he doesn't – I don't know. Because at the same time, I think he may just be pulling off an absolutely brilliant character sometimes. <laughs> It's true. Sometimes I don't know know if somebody can really live their whole life like that. Yeah. Regardless, he's a genius. Some of the questions he would right the the way he would trap people and walk them into yes contradicting themselves. But also the way that the whole documentary was done. So not just the fact that Matt Walsh was perfect to do it, but whoever was directing and laying out this whole, you know, when they, I don't know if you storyboard a documentary, but they might have because, (laughs) um, right. Right at the point where you are ready to rip your hair out from being so angry, they 
they'll interview someone at the perfect time to bring it back down to earth to yeah. to kind of settle you. There are times where it's funny. There are times where it's infuriating. And then there's those times where they and, and it was just it was just laid out perfectly to um, to not go too far in one direction all at once. And I just thought that it was it was perfect. And also it made me super mad. Yes, and the range laugh. of emotion. Yes, for the first about third of it, you're laughing, it's funny, but at the same time, you're also angry. But then it turns and it starts to get more serious, and then you start to feel more emotions. Heartbreak comes in, fear comes in, um, all of these, it's crazy. And I just, the things, when he got the, the it was a transgender person who, it was a man transitioned to a woman who now performs gender reassignment surgery was like kind of the first opened up and (laughs) when she was dying when she was saying when he talked about trans abled people people who are totally fine but feel like they should be disabled like not have a limb and she literally describes them as she's like well that's they're that's cuckoo yeah she's like i don't think that's i don't think it's related uh, yeah totally unrelated i think that's i don't think that's relevant like they have, a, uh, she's like, how would how would you describe? She's like, well, I feel like in that sense, this is a person we're talking about that has a mental illness, and he's like, yes, and like in his face, not in his words, yeah. but in his face, he's like, yep, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. And the then the pediatrician, okay, actually, I'm not gonna lie, her, I will give her credit at least for she was such a patient woman, and she really was trying to ch- convince him and have a conversation with him. Um, but she on the Santa Claus argument with her, oh my gosh. And of course she had to have blue hair, but when he was saying, cause she works with young children and, uh, and he was saying like, so what if your, you know, your six year old believes in Santa Claus, like they believe in something that's not real, this argument. And she was, she basically got herself into a corner where she had to say, well, we should just, that's what they believe. That's their truth, that Santa Claus is real. So Santa Claus is real to them. And the whole point is that, you know, a child like that isn't, is not right. based like, in they, reality. Yes, exactly. Um, she, be, not because she speaks about those things to children, because, I mean, parents obviously take that small of a child to them to her right and not because she discusses these ideas with them but because she administers the drugs she qualifies for operation millstone so does the surgeon that's operation millstone material so next he goes to he spoke with a professor of gender studies from the university of tennessee my favorite hands down my favorite when he said He he argued like he was about gonna stop the interview or whatever. And this quote just I had to back it up. You're on I rewinded to write this quote ice. down. I am about yes. to get up and walk out of here. <laughs> no, I backed it up to write this quote down word for word. Ready? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. <laughs> but my favorite invoking the word truth which is condescending and rude it's like how is the truth condescending and and i thought the guy would get up and leave so obviously not only um is he crazy but he also his threats are completely empty because he was oh, and then he re- wouldn't answer he was anything. ready to get up and leave but my favorite is when he was asked what a woman is this guy specifically he's- and he's like well a woman is anyone who identifies as a woman he's like yeah what is that and, no, at and first he's like, he didn't do you know answer. what a he... circular definition is? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. A woman at is a woman. At first he wouldn't answer. And he said, he said, well, what kind of answers have you gotten? That was, he wouldn't answer at Yeah, first. he wouldn't answer. And, um, well, and with what this kind guy, of answers have you gotten? He's like, well, pretty much this, not an answer. Yeah, not an answer. <laughs> with this guy, Walsh walked him, walked him into um, this idea. So people can, he was trying to get him to say people can have wrong ideas about their, they can even believe it's true, but they can be wrong about their own body, about themselves, like wrong ideas about themselves. And Walsh walked him into this argument of, he asked him, well, what if I thought I was a black man, if I said I was a black man? And the guy is trying so hard not to. He's like, well, are you? Are you biracial? Are you? He's like, I don't think so. He's like, yeah, you don't look it. So that would be he said, so, so I feel be. like that's a statement about yourself that you don't, uh, not a not a true, um, a sincere statement about yourself, which to be fair, he's right <laughs> on that one yeah, thing. Yeah, but he's like, but he's he like, right but about that. you're saying I, someone couldn't have an idea yeah, about so themselves. Yeah, so somebody could be wrong about, about themselves. And he's yeah. like, well, yes, people can lie. And he's like, no, not just lie. People can be mistaken. <laughs> and he's like, yes. <laughs> he's like, thank you. 
he speaks to a congressperson who's pushing the Equality Act. And this congressperson is saying how this is just supposed to give them, like, rights in life, like, to life and all this. And he says, so Walsh asks him what this Equality Act would do. And the congressperson says, well, say they were, it, you know, would protect people, LGBT people from, um, who wanted, you know, public accommodations like hotels and restaurants. And he doesn't say anything about, you know, what they're really after. Like anyone would be like, well, of course they should be able to go to hotels and restaurants. But Matt Walsh says, and, you know, would that be like using whatever bathroom they choose and playing on sports teams? And finally, he has to answer to that. So he doesn't want to bring that up until he's Well, he pressed. said, he said, why would we immediately start with the controversial? Well, because it's controversial. Yeah. It's, and that it's the one that people want out. to talk about. That was, and because it, it's he a, could not answer yeah. questions. It's, imp- it's, it's not surprising in the slightest, though, that the political public uh, figure, the, the, the one really public figure, I guess other than Jordan Peterson, that he interviews um, is the one who had by far the shortest interview. Walked out yeah. earliest. Well, I guess, he's, yeah. I mean, if it was edited in in a way that cut out the majority of it, maybe, but I, it just felt like it was the shortest. Because he doesn't want to take a stance. Politicians don't yeah. take stances. Exactly. They have to say nothing. They answer. The Brian Regan does a whole bit about how they don't say anything. They answer. Yeah, the the doctor and the, you know, the therapists and that kind of stuff, they are the ones that are far more... I mean, they take a stance because that's what they do. Politicians, they will not take a stance. And at least they were consistent in their beliefs. At least the transgender surgeons, when he said, so you're a transgender woman, and he said, well, I'm, I'm a woman. Yeah. Who was, you know, assigned male at birth, but, you know, whatever. I, trans, I have a transgender past. Well, at least she's consistent in her beliefs. So he goes to Africa to these tribes people, this tribe. It was Nairobi. And they can't even comprehend these questions of like gender identity and gender non-binary oh, they didn't understand because, some of the words i, I was surprised yeah. that the translator was able to pick a word i know that w- would convey what was actually being said and they they literally they just laugh at these ideas oh, every it's time absolutely laugh. insane to them and i thought here obviously we're showing that it's the most basic truths of humanity but i also told cole you know the thing is that though the progressives and things that he talked to at the beginning of this documentary would see this and they would just say, those poor people, it's because they're so uneducated and unsophisticated and their women are oppressed. I think, but they're, that's, I think they're geniuses. But that's not the point he's making. Yeah, the point is that that is a basic truth. And so everyone knows it everywhere. And and I thought of, I was, and then I was telling well, yeah, well, I mean, you, know, I, I would say that his whole point in doing that is that, yes, everyone knows it everywhere, was to disprove this idea that gender is some Western social construct. Everyone says, oh, well, it's a social construct. And it was by done, you know, uh, by yes. by Western, you know, right. European, whatever. So th- the obvious thing is, well, let's go somewhere that's not Western and white and, yeah, and European. Said, no, nope, same thing. very clear roles. He said men know their roles and the women know their roles and they can't do the other. Yes. And I, you know, I said, there's there's nothing new under the sun, right? That's biblical. It's Ecclesiastes. And but the leftists, so this idea that think about there's nothing new under the sun. Solomon, even the wisest man, couldn't come up with some new rev- revelation. He tried. He couldn't try anything new and make a new discovery because you pick up a book and you realize somebody hundred years ago already thought of it, already had the idea. But then there's these leftists that are so desperate to prove themselves important and to come up with something new that they have to create these insane ideas and put them out there and preach them and hold to them it's insane it is insane i thought cole was gonna lose it he is the most patient and the most like caring person that i know and he was losing and it he was and when he is restraining himself say like to say that he wants to hurt people that's when you know it's getting crazy i'm gonna guess he, he had said never that he heard... was okay hurting people when you got to the kinsey thing yeah, he had never heard. I can't believe he never heard some of these hosts talk about them before. But of Dr. Kinsey, Dr. John Money, and the experiments that they did on the uh, Rainier twin. Now they brothers. qualify for Operation Millstone, right? Those doctors, if they weren't dead already. Uh, yeah. Seeing as John Money literally had convinced those parents to raise one of the sons who had a, a mishap in his circumcision to raise him as a girl and then did experiments on them and forced them to perform sexual acts on each other growing up and it completely destroyed their lives. One overdosed and one committed suicide. 
And this is where this is the origin of these ideas. Because I thought, you know what, like he says, where do these ideas come from and why? And so this is where they came from. He comes back to it. But the why. And so the why I could just come back to this idea that they just had to prove themselves important to come up with something new and that well, they just, I, like they discovered something. I don't know that the um, the actually based in reality therapist that met Walsh interviewed that, that launched into this talk about them. Um, she said that Kit Kinsey, his that it was very obvious that his goal was to actually destroy like Christian morality and to destroy mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like the Christian to just become, you know, you only gain um, you only gain any kind of purpose, like through sexual and experimentation and that people are sexual beings from birth until death. And he just his goal was to destroy the Christian morality. And he's done it. Yeah, no kidding. Look around. So right when they have you like, um, you know, they brought in the. uh the, per- the person who had transitioned, the woman who who said, you know, I had surgeries to appear like a man, but I'll never be a man. I'll never and be then a, went yeah. through those horrible stories and they went through all this and and, and has had in fact, she's well, she said, I'm probably going to I'm going to die soon. I don't have much longer. Yeah. I have infections. And to be the honest, and- the way that she talked, you could tell that one of the thing I mean, the main thing that's keeping her from wanting to basically die is that she found a purpose in, in speaking out message. against this? Yeah, in telling the truth and warning and he people said they never about talk what can about happen, the dangers. Yeah, right. Um, I I really think that that's, I think that might be the sole thing that's keeping her alive. Is her, is that she feels like that's her purpose now? Um, and then they talk about the Canadian father right after that. Yeah, and how he is in prison. For misgendering yes. his own daughter. Well, he's daughter. out on bail. Oh, he's out on bail for not for not allowing them to put his daughters yeah. on puberty, which blockers. they did by force anyway. And I thought this is what government-run. I mean, it would happen anyway, but government-run healthcare also gets you into the situation because then they say you, if someone wants, like you have to do this procedure, and so you don't have doctors that could stand with the parent or could say, I'm not going to perform this procedure because they're employed by the government and the government is telling them they have to. And we are getting closer and closer to that where they're not allowing doctors to opt out of these things. So in Nevada, Cole was telling me about this. There, There is a law that right now you could claim a religious you know, reason as a doctor that you aren't going to perform or engage in certain kind of care or procedures. However, there's a they're working to get rid of that. And so it would put someone like him in a position of being forced to give someone care that he didn't believe in or didn't think was good for them, beneficial, when the whole purpose of a doctor is to do what's in the best, what you believe is in the best interest of your patient. Yeah, it's the Hippocratic Oath. Right. Do no harm. I said, well, if you believe it's harm, case, then you can't do it. Yeah, we'll be back to you going to trade school, I guess. <laughs> um, and then right when they have you just completely crushed and infuriated and sad, they bring in the wolf. Yeah. And it was a, it was a weird transition. Like I could, it I, was. It felt like they but really did like... know that you were getting depressed, yeah. and, and they're like, "We got to bring this back with something weird." But I thought this was also moving into like a social contagion. Yeah direction and then also the idea of like that it's these young people just looking for some kind of acceptance and attention like they're desperate so when the wolf furry said that he asked how like when did you know that you were a wolf like you know spirit in a body or whatever and they said that they were watching an anime show when they were young like i don't know 10 or six or 10 or something like that and it showed wolves running across the screen and they just knew i saw myself but what i heard was i watched an anime that showed wolves running across the screen and i was lonely desperate and starving for attention and acceptance and i think they took that and moved into so- the social contagion yeah and they aspect launched into it. like the tiktok yeah. stuff and then they they asked that they asked that uh uh transitioned doctor that does the surgeries and said do you think there's any like social whatever to this and she's like well he he's like a little teeny tiny bit and then it <laughs> launched into this big giant thing with all these you know tiktok videos and how that was really sad yeah that was scary that part was i think the scary part to me oh yeah yeah it, well i don't the school board stuff and oh yeah they did do the when he went to virginia and spoke at that well here's a, another thing is I think that it, you could say why why does this matter this 
documentary but the point is that i mean around here i could talk most people would probably like recognize that this is an issue and it's becoming like more and more prevalent but i would think that where you are and in the church that um and the dad pastors that you could go and some of those people might not think it's really a like oh well that's not here they wouldn't think it's as prevalent as it really is but yeah, I got news for you. It is actually in the schools in your area, even though you think it's not there. It's yeah, here. It's called, and... it's called the internet. And just because geographically you think that you're isolated from something like that, no, nothing is... You're not. No and ideas young are isolated are anymore. It. The kids and the young people are seeing yes. it. And that is why that part was scary to me, because they're not even aware that that's what's going on. And so this documentary is important because even if you're... Like if they, the anyone that is LGBTQ plus whatever pro doesn't watch it and change their mind, which I'm, I'm guarantee at least some will. It might be very few, but you're not preaching to the choir in that you're, well, you, one, you're sh- giving people tools to talk about this. And two, you're telling the people who think it's not that big of a deal. You're showing them, no, this is real. This is a huge issue and we need to be aware of it. Yeah. More than aware of it. You need to fight yeah. against it. Doing something. Every, yeah. every time it's possible. Every time an instance comes up where you can, fight against it you have you have to do that and every instance that every opportunity i have to tell someone that to that encourage them to homeschool their kids or i don't know if their kids are old enough watch this with them and then talk about it at least if they are going to go to school and be on the internet i'm going to do it yeah you need to watch this we'll link the what is a woman.com <sighs> You know, they didn't even show a pride flag in the whole... Was there even a pride flag in that oh, whole I'm sure documentary? Was. I'm sure there was. Somewhere. I didn't notice, but I definitely didn't notice all the... And what is with the pride flag? First of all, they keep adding, like, colors and stuff for different groups of people. And, if you, you don't, and if you don't have the most recent one, you're hateful. The original pride flag had nothing... Like, the colors didn't symbolize the different... Like, there wasn't a color for L and G and B. The colors meant, like way different stuff they were like life sex spirit nature like ideas and then we went from that to adding in colors for first of all black and brown was the progressive pride flag and there's a website prideflags.org i will link that it is insane the amount you can filter based on color or um or like sexuality i could it's insane do you randomly gen- so so on the website I see because you have now forced me to see by putting it in our notes <laughs> that there is a pride flag bingo card okay is yes it, can you like just go in and generate a bingo card that wasn't no I don't know that wasn't a joke I I looked up the images but this is from a website that's like a real LGBTQ plus supporting website so this is not a joke thing. This pride flag. No, I, I know it's not a joke. Which I don't get. It's insane. I understand it's it's serious only because nobody going for a joke on this would go this far. Nobody would be this dedicated to this joke because this bingo card is. But in what insane. situation do you play this? I don't know. If just flags, I guess that you see if during you've Pride ever Month. Seen it? But I feel like some oh, of these during the month. Some of these okay. have to just the only place that they exist is generated online someone designed yeah. this flag and i don't know if it's it anyone actually has it up anywhere no way that some that every single one of these flags is an actual physical flag there's well, no I think way it's crazy they added the brown and black colors for people of color but what does that have to do with sexuality no the mar the marginalized transgender oh okay or, or you trans mean, or whatever the marginalized yeah, lgbt lgbt yeah. whatever people of lgbt people of color in the lgbtq plus ia whatever well, community and then they added colors for the bisexual and asexual has this like circle and it's insane now they but had to add, they has, had to add like a chevron flag. originally so originally it was just horizontal stripes and then right. they had to add a chevron that well, goes into the stripes and then they keep adding them to except the, i don't get it because the original colors were it. ideas they symbolized ideas and values of the community. And now we're just putting in a, a stripe or a shape for each new group well, and, of people. But now they're just making whole new flags altogether. Th- this bingo card is crazy. Like you're The Brooklyn Nets. Lesbian, lesbian. <laughs> Why the are there so Lokiest? many? Le- lesbian is overrepresented on this. <laughs> the, 
the Brooklyn Nets did the wokiest thing ever, and they just basically made this amalgamation of every possible LGBTQIA whatever plus flag they could find and posted it on Twitter. And people were like, what is happening? They, it was, yeah. Oh, okay. Why does this Back one on. just say bear? Oh, bear is, bear. do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? Is it a hairy gay man? Yes, a big hairy gay man. I don't, I'm uncomfortable. I have to get one more thing in here if before I move on. Ugh. And that is something that really, really enraged me about the documentary afterward was that what they're doing to, like, erasing gender, like, you can't be a, a girl who likes, you know, quote, unquote, boy toys or things or activities. Like, you can't be at all, you know, have – and Jordan Peterson got into this. You can – be on a range of there are women who have you know masculine personas or men who have feminine personas like and you can still be a man or a woman and it it really gets to me because when I was young and growing up when I was four first of all when I was four and I looked up to you I wanted to be just like you and I said that I used to say that I wanted to be a boy obviously that wasn't like a real thing that I'm not a boy but then I and then I just was a tomboy growing up and I had boys toys and one of the my third grade classmates actually went to my teacher after show and tell once and asked why does Cassidy always have boys toys and I think all the boys were just jealous of my toys because I did have really cool stuff yeah that time was because and, you brought a sweet aircraft carrier yeah like a full-size aircraft carrier it had like and the it little shot, steering controls at one yeah. end so you could actually drive it across the floor and yeah it and it shot it jets. launched planes off of it it was awesome it was really cool. I played with it all the time it was really cool and anyway and then when I got into like more adolescence, I all I had to face was a rise of just gay and lesbianism. And so people, you know, oh, you fit a stereotype of like you should become a butch lesbian. Well, like, no, I didn't. Didn't want to. Right. I could be a girl, a female, be attracted to men and still have I still love sports more than my husband. Right. And whereas if I were a little kid now, if that were me today if i were facing what there was today they would be telling me oh you're you are a boy you're just a boy like you've always been one and you should be one and i think even being in the home even having our parents who obviously would have told me otherwise and told me truth you have no idea if a person out in in public got a hold of me like if i were in a public school and someone had gotten a hold of me and convinced me of this and what it could have absolutely destroyed me and so i I'm so enraged and like frightened then for any little girl who would be like me now who wants to play with trucks and play sports and, you know, play out, roll around and wrestle around on the ground. Yeah. And that's exactly and, what. And sit on, sit on Santa's lap as a six year old and ask for real fake metal pistols that threw Santa for a loop. But that's exactly what that that transitioned um, woman said on the documentary. She said, I was an adult. When this happened to right. me, when they convinced me of this. Right. This is happening to your, your kids. kids and they don't stand a chance. Yep. And it's 100% she's correct. So don't let your kids watch, control their internet consumption. Talk about them. Talk to them about what they see. Look at what they see. Get them off of Disney Plus and Nick Jr. was on it too. They, again, for Pride Month, have uh, Disney Plus has pushing lgbtq plus whatever content for kids their pride parade with drag queens they did this last year they're doing it this year nick jr also was on it last year with pride parades with uh blues clues having drag queens i honestly will so when the girls want to watch something obviously specifically callie um i will legitimately look at the date that like that episode or that movie is from because as sad as it is to say, if it's from four years ago, it's probably pretty safe. Yeah. Um, there's some, obviously, but those are the ones that, like, because it was so rare at the time, those are the ones that made the news. So I know about those ones. But yeah. generally, if you look at the date, and really, if it's before 2020, you're you're pretty safe. Yeah. 2018, you're you're really safe. And around the time that you know 2016, like when Trump got elected, you're really safe. So if I see a date <laughs> on something that's that's back during that time i still have a hard time basically letting her watch anything that i'm not also watching or right. or that it's or not you or it's not it. something that we haven't seen before yeah um yeah. 
then I'm watching it. Right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say Dino Ranch, a Disney show. And and I know that this is a little thing, but they're just trying to make it normal. And, oh, and if yeah, you, I saw something about this. Dino Ranch, there were two adult, two dinosaurs. If you don't know what Dino Ranch is, it's super weird. It's some kids that ride around on dinosaurs and they run a ranch for dinosaurs like they're cattle. Um, but two dinosaurs adopted an egg. Well, both the dinosaurs were, they talked about them being good daddies, both of them. Mm. And I just thought, you know, honestly, she probably wouldn't even notice because it, it tra- happened so quickly. The thing is but, that they're trying, yeah, they're trying to, to make, make it, it seem normal. Like it's normal. It, it happened so yeah. casually in passing. They exactly. didn't emphasize it. And because they didn't emphasize it, it seems even more normal. So, um, I turned that off and, uh, we, I explained Callie was very upset that we don't watch Dino Ranch anymore. And I just, we had to tell her it has things in it that Jesus doesn't like. And she strangely was okay with that. Hmm. So then we watched Bible Man. Nice. (laughs) I, now, and if you're saying like, well, if I don't have, you know, if I don't let them watch the Disney shows, like what is my kid going to watch? They have to keep them entertained, whatever. Well, that's another reason that if you're not subscribed to Daily Wire, go subscribe and help them. They're making kids content that you know is going to have values that you can trust. And so, and the more people subscribe, the better money, it's going to exactly, get. The, exactly. Yeah. And the more they'll be able to make. And they've already. How much did they dedicate? How much did they say that they were? I have go- millions. I don't. Know. Like a hundred million. Yeah. Um. And they are they solely rely on cash flow. They don't go to investors, so it's their subscriber base. So go subscribe if you do not. I want to talk about um, Janet Yellen. Oh, tell me about her. Janet Yellen came out just like two days ago and was like, oh, we might have been wrong about inflation. Oh, yeah. She's like, uh, oh, that inflation, we said that wasn't a big deal. We were mistaken. And, uh, duh, I don't know what else to say. It was like, for the longest time, they said, oh, well, that's not going to happen. And there's recordings of her saying it back then. Oh, this is just um, whatever. They, transitory. Transitory inflation. Transitory. And, and uh, she said it's not a big deal. And so they're like, uh, yeah, we were mistaken. Yes. No, it's transitory and that it keeps moving upward. Yeah. So I thought to myself, um, since she was mistaken... That, you know, Janet Yellen and Joe Biden really do make a good team. And you could call them mistaken potatoes. (laughs) Mistaken potatoes. (laughs) That could be their team name. (laughs) Mistaken potatoes. (laughs) Good old potato Joe. So what about this Michael Sussman thing? Oh my goodness. That's insane. You might have to can you give a, like some kind of condensed background? Michael Sussman was a lawyer that was hired and worked for the Clinton campaign who took the bogus steel dossier that was generated about, you know, Trump and how he had uh colluded or you know had these transactions with Alpha Bank in Russia and he took all that information no knowing that it was totally bogus and then went to the fbi with it and and then lied about being employed by the clinton campaign saying that he wasn't right, there he just, i'm he just, was just a, there as a concerned a good citizen. citizen he billed the clinton campaign for the time that he spent talking to the fbi um <clears throat> and they and they basically said that he's not guilty um because it didn't matter that he lied because the FBI didn't believe it. Well, that's not what we're Yeah. That's not what we're doing in this trial. So anyway, he was finally brought up on charges and you know all that. But but as I've said now, not guilty. And the jury though, I mean, it's in DC. Obviously, pretty much every single person in DC is a Democrat. So if they said that he was lying, they would have to be condemning their own party. Multiple of them, you know, they said they voted for Clinton. They donated to her campaign. So they would essentially be saying that I voted for a corrupt person one if they, of, if they the would have said he was lying. One of daughter was on the a sports team with Sussman's daughter. Yes. Yeah, insane. And, they let, and they're like, well, that's fine. And then one of the jurors actually said after the fact, 
that, yes, Durham lied, but that it didn't matter because the FBI knew that it was um, that it was because they were in on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he didn't say that, Um, but he said that they knew that it was uh, political opposition research. Well, that doesn't matter. He still lied. (sighs) That was um, Dan Bongino says that was the day justice died. It's oh, I mean that. Yeah, so can we think we're going to get anything? No. They're going to use this as an excuse to get rid of Durham and end the whole thing. Yeah, that was supposed to be a building block to to move further. To, to move further people. in. Yeah, bigger people yeah. like Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Well, the, the biggest reason why it's not going to happen is I don't think it's because they care about Hillary. It's because they care about Obama. Hmm. This is to stop the trail leading back to Obama's D. De- this is to keep them from going into Obama's DOJ and investigating Obama's DOJ because they're the FBI who actually listened to him in the first place. Who knows? You're right. They probably were in on it. They probably all, you know, they probably scripted the interview with him <laughs> yeah. and then did it on camera. Confused. I was super confused because I got an alert that said that the verdict came in and I had opened the article and the title or the headline said that he was found not guilty. But then, or that, and that's what the first paragraph said. But then in the second paragraph, it said that Durham's team proved beyond a reasonable doubt that his statement was a lie. Yes. And then I went back. I literally copy and pasted that quote. And then when I opened the article later, they had fixed it and said that they didn't prove that it was a lie. And I was like, wow, they changed it. They accidentally misprinted or they already had the article like ready, assuming that he'd be found guilty because he was. And then they had to change the article. (laughs) So it's crazy. It is crazy. How much money do you think the British spend on stupid, pointless stuff around the royals like this platinum jubilee? And also, why in the world did Fox News cover it for hours this morning? I don't know what that is. So a jubilee, I'm guessing every seven years, based on the biblical idea of a jubilee from the Old Testament. So it's her platinum jubilee because she has been on the throne for 70 years. Hmm. And so there's this big celebration. And (laughs) so they spend all this money. They have this big to-do and all this stuff. And everybody comes in, all the families all there, people come to town. And then today... (laughs) There was an article, or there's many, that she was experiencing some discomfort. So the queen is actually skipping the ceremony, the Jubilee event today. So they do all this stuff, and she's not even going. She was experiencing some discomfort because they told her she was going to have to sit next to her son, Charles. (laughs) That's too uncomfortable. Probably. (laughs) I think she hates that guy. That family is messed up. So she's not even going. Yet somehow, yet somehow, the family of our president is more messed up. Than their oh royal yeah, family. well yeah, that's insane. I don't know actually. They might. Uh, they might be friends. They might be equally messed up. Brother's widow. I heard today that Hunter sent. There was they found messages on his computer. More and more on his computer, where he sent some sort of link to a Pornhub site to a contact named Dad. <laughs> so he was sharing Pornhub links with his father with president joe biden who was not president at the time but still people come on (laughs) who's vice president sorry vice president all right but but the royals had diana killed oh yeah so there's that well they found search history on hunter's laptop for like widow porn lonely widow (laughs) and incest porn incest (laughs) so so (laughs) He has so we're an like affair in a, with a competition? his dead brother's wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sounds like he was. So which came first? Out over, which came the, first? Yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> Did Hunter Biden kill his brother? Oh. No, nah, he died of cancer. <laughs> he died of cancer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> or did he? There's all kinds of cancer causing. Remember, though, he only materials. died. The, that was just the public stories that he died of cancer because everyone knows that he was Bo Bergdahl, <laughs> and they used that story to cover up the fact that Bo Biden is Bo Bergdahl. Oh. Same person, one and the same. That's my own conspiracy theory that it was birthed here on this show 
It was. Just in case we have any people that don't understand my sarcasm, should I clear up that I don't think that Bo Biden is Bo Bergdahl? Uh, or just point them back to the episode where that's obvious. <laughs> Did you see what? that some climate activists, they're getting weird in their stuff, like gluing their hands to star, well, NBA floors and Starbucks ca- counters. And a uh, new one, climate activist this week, smeared cake on the Mona Lisa. Yeah, but there's bulletproof glass on it. I know. So he just cleaned he it off. disguised himself as an old lady in a wheelchair. And he, I don't know how he got so close because people are like cramped around that thing. But I guess because that's why he did old lady in a wheelchair. So people, yeah, people let, let him, him through. And then he gets up and just like smears cake on the thing, and the and then security is just kind of walking him out. They don't even they're just he, they're just letting him like scream and yell as they just kind of usher him out. Like they just wipe it off. Like, What's they he just wipe protesting? The off. So he's a climate activist, and he as he's being wheeled out, he starts yelling in French, but it's translated. Think about the earth. Think about the earth. There are people who are destroying the earth. Think about it. All the artists tell you, think about the earth. All artists think about the earth. That's why I did it. Think about the planet. Whoa. That's that's really got me thinking about the earth. <laughs> really Cake on the Mona Lisa. <laughs> that did it right there. I'm swayed. I... <laughs> That was that was the argument I that I needed here. <laughs> We're going green, everybody. What an idiot! And when you get close to it, can you not tell that there's glass on it? Because I think if he not, was upset. But one, I think I mean he said, did, but at that point, what are you gonna do? At they that said point, what the are you glass do? is bulletproof. Yeah. So if it's also so clear that you can't tell it's there, that's the clearest glass in the world. Well, yeah. Well, some people also think that it's fake, and the real ones in the basement. Well, doesn't the real one, somebody threw a rock at it and it's got like a chipped, like a chip on oh, it? Oh, I don't know. That's the reason why they put it behind bulletproof glass in the first place is somebody just threw a rock at it. And when, and it wasn't for some weird political reason. They had a rock in their pocket and they and were just like, were like, I wanted to huh. throw it at it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see what would happen. Like when you bit me when I was a baby. That's what you told dad. I wanted to see what she would do. The answer is cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in case anybody's wondering, if you bite a baby, they cry. <laughs> I mean, you were also a t- you were a toddler, so yeah, I was. To three. be fair, I've been. A, yeah. yeah, that's just I did it for science. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he had a hypothesis. I had a hypothesis it. that she would maybe right. cry. <laughs> I, however, never proved. I, I I never was able to prove that it was repeatable because I was then bit by my dad, and so I never did well, it yeah. again. So I have yet to, that's not true. I actually, it has been repeatable in the fact that when Callie bit Cameron, she too cried. Oh, there you go. And it also was repeatable. History repeats itself. It also itself. was repeatable this that is... I bit Callie. <laughs> yeah. And she hasn't bit since. History repeats itself, everyone. You watched the show The League, right? I did. Okay, I have not, but from what I hear, this is basically we're watching the league played out in real life, but among Major League Baseball players. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they were in, they had a fantasy football league. This was like last year. They had a fantasy football league, and among the members, Mike Trout was the commissioner. He didn't want to be, but they made him the commissioner, probably because everyone loves him and they know that he is like an easygoing guy. And then, but Tommy Pham was a member. He... They didn't play on these teams now. Last year, he played for the Padres. He's currently on the Reds. Jock Peterson was in the league, and he currently plays for the Giants. So they had not... Now, there was some beef in the group chat during the league that, I guess, Tommy Pham accused Jock of doing some fishy stuff with the IL, like putting guys on the IL or stashing people. You can't abbreviate. People don't know what that means. Oh, the injured list. Thank you. And... Apparently, there's a lot of money on the line in this league. And and then Jock made some joke. He was friends with some of the other Padres that were in the group chat, but he didn't really know Tommy Pham that well. And he sent some picture, uh, like he sent some memes kind of making fun of the Padres, like blowing when they just like fell apart last year. And so Tommy Pham took offense to that. And he was all like, you don't even know me. You can't say that stuff, blah, blah, blah. So 
they never they hadn't seen each other since. And a couple weeks ago, or last week, I think it was sometime last week, they were playing each other. And so before the game and warmups, you see there's a video and way out by the field by the fence. Tommy Pham goes up, Jock Peterson's like doing something over there, and all of a sudden you see Tommy Pham just smacks Jock Peterson over the <laughs> head, like really hard, like intense. He got suspended for it. Of course he did. Yeah. So then it's escalated, and Tommy Pham, when people when asked about it, he says, there's a lot of money. He's like, I'm a high roller in Vegas, and there's a lot of money on the line. Like, you don't mess with that, whatever. Then Jock Peterson does this interview in the lock, um, by his locker where he looks like a cartoon character come to life. Um, I don't, he's like wearing weird stuff and his hat is like where his hair is disheveled. It's kind of hilarious. And he has receipts like he's showing the messages of like what happened to the media, like explaining. Then the other day they they and then they tell everyone that Mike Trout was the the commissioner of the league. So now he's gotten pulled into it. And you're watching the slap. I just watched and, it. You just whacked him. Man, he hit him hard. Okay, so Mike Trout gets pulled into it, and, like, he just wants to talk about baseball. Mike Trout hardly ever says anything to the media other than something about baseball, right? He's a He keeps his stuff. So they are asking him about it, and he is like, I, you know, I don't know. And and finally he just goes, well, <laughs> Mike Trout goes, every commissioner I know gets booed. So <laughs> it was pretty good. I It's insane. Like, we're watching the league, and people are like, it's fantasy. What People take this seriously. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's money. Yeah, it was money. It's money. People freak out and about all, money. Like, and, and think about, like, how much money do you think, you know, mi- multi-millionaires are putting on the line for fantasy football? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like the buy-in for the league. Yeah, right. So mi- probably a million bucks. So we're watching a literal, like, storyline from the league come to life, ending friend groups, and not that they were really friends, I don't know. The league never really gets like that, though. Oh, Okay. The the abuse between the people in the league like is drama? way more extreme. Yeah. Um, but they're never not friends. Yeah. Did you ask if it's a drama? No, like it it not a drama, oh. but I mean it's a comedy. But it's like no, the league is it's not about, a it's drama. about yeah, like the drama that comes out of like they they create drama over their fantasy league. Is what I'm saying. Yes, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And so is the video of that dude slapping that guy. But the video of Tommy Fan slapping Jock Peterson is more appropriate for your kids than the league. Don't watch the league with your kids. No, do not. It's it's <laughs> it's also more appropriate than Disney. <laughs> uh, this is the Star Wars. They put a black person in Kenobi and then accuse people of racism before anything even happened. Oh yeah, and I've watched that. Um, oh, you did? I have not watched it. I have. Watched you know, and I don't even. I'm not even upset. I'm like, I don't even feel like, oh, I'm because I stopped watching Star Wars. Like, I don't feel like this. Oh, I kind of wish I could watch that. When I, I don't even feel that. I just want to say that all the complaints that I had seen about her online, they made it about race themselves. Nobody cared. Yeah, it, people cared about her character. They didn't. They like the hated character, her character, right? and they said, yeah. they said all, all the Star Wars nerds that read all the books. I have no idea if this is true or not. But that read all the books and they know all the backstory and everything. They said there's no way that she would know some of the things that she said. At the time, she wouldn't have known that Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker. She just wouldn't have known that. But somehow she knows it in the show. Right. And so what happened was Star Wars on their Twitter account tweeted out with photos of her, the actress, and then also of still from her in the show said, it's a black actress. We are proud to welcome Moses Ingram to the Star Wars family and excited for Reva's story to unfold. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, or Star Wars people are going to come and hate on me. If anyone intends to make her feel in any way unwelcome, we have only one thing to say. We resist. And then they replied to their own tweet. There are more than 20 million sentient species in the Star Wars galaxy. Don't choose to be a racist. And no one had even no no one had said anything. anything. It was like a no it was like anything. a pre. So normally they'll respond to everything you say with "You're a racist, racist, you're a bigot." This time it was like a preemptive we didn't even strike. Have to say anything. It was yeah. like a preemptive strike, accusatory of racism. And it was- you mean it was kind of like when Darth Vader first shot the Death Star and destroyed Alderaan? Yeah, it was a no. That's a preemptive. 
That was just to scare everybody. No, they were the part galaxy. of the rebellion. That was just part of the. Well, that was just a war. That also wasn't send aside. That wasn't preemptive. Alderaan uh. was. That's true. I mean, her parents were obviously rebels. Part of the rebellion. They were rebels. Yeah. So that was not preemptive. That was just killing the resistance. Well, that was kind of like that was kind of like nuke. Yeah, Alderaan <laughs> was like, "We resist," yeah. and then Darth Vader blew him up. So is that what's coming for us if we do? Just kidding. Because why would we resist? Because we're not racist. No, Disney's the one that said we resist. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. They're resisting our racism, even though we're not yeah, racist. Yeah, they're resisting our resistance. Yeah. How dare you resist my resistance? My brain is exploding. I can't. <laughs> this is. <laughs> um, but other than that, um, it's it's garbage. So. I'm just not well done. Yeah, I think I've watched the last episode I'm going to watch. Not only be. Mm. It, there's nothing really woke about it at all. It's just bad. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. Episode three is Last Jedi bad. It was <laughs> Ray Skywalker bad. It's not good. Don't watch it. Now, speaking of things that are also not woke, you hear how good Top Gun did? Yeah. Because everybody said it's like they dumped the wokeness. They went pro-America. Yeah. They made a good movie that people actually wanted to watch, and it set all these records. And um, they didn't bow down to China the way that they were, right. they they were going the to. They Taiwanese put the Taiwanese flag patches, and stuff back in. Yeah, back on the jackets. And they just went total unwoke pro-America movie, and it crushed it at the box office. Yeah, it did. It killed um, It was the, the biggest Memorial Day release. And of all and it the wasn't, Tom I heard it wasn't movies, just... he's done a lot of oh, good yeah. movies. This was the best opening weekend of a Tom Cruise movie, which is, wow. that's a big deal. It definitely had the nostalgia factor to add to it. Yeah. But I, I actually heard that it wasn't just like a cheesy, you know, way after the fact sequel where they, like it was a good movie. Yes. Yeah. So. A, a lot of people said it's better than the first, which that doesn't happen a whole lot. I have no idea how this came about, but apparently Kim Kardashian said that she would eat poop every single day if doing so would make her look younger. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Did somebody ask her that? Why, why are you so, like, concerned with a wrinkle on your face or, like, aging that you, like, that, that is a sick, that's a sickness. That is a mental illness. <laughs> I'll quote, I'll try anything the Kardashian star shared. If you told me that I literally had to eat poop every single day and I would look younger, I might. I just might. <laughs> she created this idea on her own. <laughs> I, that's what I was going to say. I, I thought for sure that this was like a, would you eat would you, poop yeah. every day what would you if do it for made a Klondike you young bar? forever? And she's like, okay. yeah, like a would you rather or something like that. Right. But the fact that she concocted that insane statement by herself. Oh, okay, no. I see ten times a plan crazier. in our future. Do you remember the group, the three people that wrote fake scholarly articles and got them published in peer-reviewed journals? Yes, I do. So let's get writing. <laughs> 